Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable. It is 3.06 p.m. Saturday, May 23rd, 2020. And I have with me American Jobs Factory, uh, Daniel from American Jobs Factory. Right before, right before we went on, I asked him how I should refer to him. And he said, you know, Daniel or American Jobs Factory. And I just said American Jobs Factory. <laughs> anyway. No, I said Daniel from American Jobs Daniel Jobs. from American Jobs Factory. I am sorry. That's, this is that's the, right. Uh, the fourth podcast of the weekend. So I'm a little... <laughs> Yeah, get with yeah. it. You should, I should be. Sorry. You, you should have better. You, deserve, you know what? I'm just going to hand this over to Jeremy. Jeremy, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> Welcome to the Yang Gang Roundtable Podcast. Uh, today we have on the show Daniel Arzon from American Jobs Factory. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Great radio voice, Jeremy. I got to tell you. <laughs> Super impressed with that, that intro. I believe it. I have the matching face, too. Oh, face, okay. for, well, face for radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. So, hi, Yang Gang. Yeah, I, I would love uh, for you to kind of go over uh, what you did with American Jobs Factory. Can you, like, paint a picture for us? Yes. Let me start at the, at the corners of the painting at the beginning. No, um, so I had... I had already started American Jobs Factory, which is a nonprofit to create jobs for the future that does not destroy us. That's my whole premise. And so I just feel, I mean, everybody talks about the job, the problems with corporations and job creation in the future. And that was what I would, my nonprofit was set to handle. So I had already started it. I'd already been looking at automation as being the top problem in the world basically and then i stumbled upon andrew yang and i was like yeah that's what i'm talking about so it was pretty easy for me at that point to jump on the yang gang now was that a pre or post rogan interview it was right on the cuff of that time so i had it i think because he was on rogan it got his like his stuff got pushed to my algorithm on youtube a little bit further but i when i started following him i didn't know for like a week or so that he'd even been on rogan so i don't know it was around that time so um uh now i would like to um like explain your experience uh following him like what did that look like so it looked like awesome yang gang love <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, everybody, like, I started the YouTube channel, and, of course, I didn't know what the response would be, but, you know, I, I'm pretty um, hopeful that it was going to work out just fine and everybody would be, you know, happy about it. And um, I just, you know, I was gearing towards negative comments, you know, because it's political and things like that. But that doesn't bother me. I want negative comments as much as I want positive ones because, you know, like anybody who's excited or has an opinion about what you're doing means that you're making some kind of momentum somewhere. Uh, also, found, complaints well, I, are just I, mass needs, right? Sure. I, I don't know what they are. But, I mean, you know, it's like any political talking too fast Publicity. Politic politicization Politic yeah any publicity is good publicity is that you know the idea so even negative comments are are good but i just found that you know every time 
I posted or did a video on YouTube, the most positive, encouraging people were part of this group, this Yang Gang movement. And it was just really encouraging. So you have a book coming out uh, that you're currently writing um, where you're talking about the leaders of Yang Gang, right? Or What's it called? And maybe a description from your mouth would be better. (laughs) Sure. So I titled it, The New Leaders Are Yang Gang. And the reason I did that is because I want to highlight how the whole movement activated people that, you know, weren't really excited about politics, but the movement activated them to be leaders in their communities, in political movement, in building a future that we all can be proud of. And so that is a main feature of the book, but but mainly it's just about the journey I had over the last year with the Yang Gang, with, you know, the the movement or Andrew's political um, movement, and then, you know, highlighting those things and having behind the scenes and a lot of my opinion. I'm, I'm, curious, I'm curious what the evolution of uh, people has been from your perspective, because you worked alongside a lot of different uh, leaders that... Uh, started, and I'm sure you've seen their growth through this as well, like alongside your own, I'm assuming. Um, I'm curious, like, what did that look like to you? Well, the passion that I have seen in a lot of the Yang Gang is the same kind of thing that I'm talking about, people that just were not having anything to do with politics and just stepping up and figuring it out and really you know, leading the way to to create positive outcomes. And so it has been fascinating to see these people from come out of nowhere, basically, and, and really step up and be really inspiring. Uh, with, the, with your book, um, how did you and Faye Koo cross paths, and how did she become uh, your editor? So, you know, some of those relationships you don't, know exactly how they happened but you know i'm i'm on all the social media and i've been i've been on the yang gang report report a couple of times and so i i know that i mean i met faye because i've traveled everywhere i met faye in houston and and cypher when they were meeting andrew for the first time so Okay, so you've actually met Faye in person. I think, you know, you're the only one here who has. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I've, I've met a lot of you in person, which is crazy. But, um, like, the other Faye's on here now, and I met her in person, too, when I was in um, wherever hey, we were. Vegas. It was Vegas. I have, I I have actually never once met a fellow Yang Gang in person, ever. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You need to come to rallies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the money to go to rallies. Uh, that's well, why, that's why I do the podcast. Aren't you in California? No, I'm in New oh, York. New York? Ariel oh, is in New- California. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he's, well, he's met me twice at both of them. I'm in New York. Not, not the city. That's also too expensive for me. Okay. Well, I got confused. But obviously, there was a big rally in New York that I was at at the Washington Square Park. Yeah, I so couldn't that- even afford the uh, the train to the city, which, which was like, you know, 30 bucks round trip to go that well, this, and I was like so broke this is me that's who i am anyway yeah. come on. well this this is the hack 
next time, okay? Here we go. You pay for the child ticket. Nobody will question you. Just um, get the child ticket. Or the I'm going to let you take a look at my Discord go. avatar for just <laughs> a second. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that that's the hack: the child ticket or the senior ticket. Usually, you can you can Again, get right on. I'm just gosh darn it in that uncanny valley where I got to pay full price. You know, it's just it's tough for me. He's uh, saying don't abide by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Right, like nobody's gonna care. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no yeah one, it's an automated no spending. Probably, yeah, probably no right. one. No one checks but, your yeah. ticket, and that helps you get to where you need to go. So that I mean that's a. They check them in Portland, Oregon, though, so don't do that in Portland. They're pretty on top not, of it. <laughs> yeah, you never know when you're going to get that but, one that one guy who's going to cop. You never know. It doesn't. You know that he, yeah. gonna, it happens. Right, yeah, but yeah, they don't. They don't charge you thirty bucks in Portland, Oregon. I'm pretty sure. But it, yes, it's pretty expensive in in New York. Yeah, uh, uh, Shale, I will. I will pay yeah. for your ticket in 2023 to go to a, a Yang rally. I got you, buddy. And I got a lot of people who offered that, and I was just like, no, just give it to the Yang campaign oh. <laughs> every time. <laughs> but you know, yeah. maybe that was the wrong call. I mean, look what fucking happened. Yeah. So what's going to end yeah. up happening is we're going to have that Yang festival that everyone's talked about, and it's going to happen, and then all the Yang gangs just going to meet each other finally. Like, I mean, yeah. people talk about it. I don't know who's organizing it, but it's in the works, I'm sure, or like in the back of everyone's mind, at least. This one's just got to pull the trigger, I'm sure. Well, this, as being a bootstrapping entrepreneur, I've had to learn that there is a thing where you have to be humble enough to just take money when it's offered to you and then try to do something positive with it. So, I mean, that's that's one of those things. I hear you. I mean, I'm not, I'm no, I'm personally no stranger to taking money. Uh, (laughs) I had, I had a Kickstarter to raise, uh, I did a Kickstarter to raise for like uh, an album I was doing. A long time ago, 2010, I was doing a rock album cool. um, with hey. band and stuff, and like you know. But this time, I just thought the money would be better given to the Yang campaign itself. Every time that anyone's like, "Shale, I'm going to pay for your ticket to go to New York," I'm like, "No, I'm going to stay here, and you give it to give it to the Yang campaign." So, like, one more person who hasn't seen the commercial will see the commercial or anything because I'm already there. I'm already a full supporter. Yeah. But hi, Faye. Thanks for coming. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I couldn't miss uh, our good friend here. Our special guest. Hey. Especially since you're working with him. <laughs> well, she they does so much out there for the Yang Gang. I can't really say that she's specifically working for, for me, but she is a helper to many, I would say. Well, I intend to, uh, you know, perform the super function of volunteering for everything that needs it. <laughs> well, we need people you know, like that, though. <laughs> Yeah, she does a lot here too. She's our one of our assistant producers. So, uh, so, uh, so uh, Daniel, uh, one thing I'd like to know is, as a as a person who who traveled a lot with the campaign, um, how did you afford it? So I used my special hack of having a family member in the airline industry who got me um, free tickets, air tickets anywhere I need to go. So that's my secret hack. I mean, it's a genius hack. Yeah, I mean, everyone has to use what they have access to. Yeah. You know, if we're all squeezed out of the traditional means of getting anything yeah. accomplished, we have to use alternative resources. Yeah, the and, um, the, the yeah, go on. Yeah, that, that's and, a major asset. So, so you could really just just book a book any flight essentially, and yeah, that was I, it? I was going I was going standby. So if it was a full flight, I would have to wait 
till it wasn't a, fl a full flight, but you know, it worked out most of the time. So that was good. And then personally, I mean, through the last year, I had, I had saved up all kinds of stocks from um, just uh, Robinhood. That was my, my savings um, coming into play as far as that was concerned. And then I've been, you know, doing a little YouTube and entrepreneurial stuff, you know, trying to get the, the business up and running. How difficult was it to manage both following the campaign and you were still doing American uh, Jobs Factory at the same time, right? Or was that before? So American Jobs Factory is, because it's a nonprofit, I just, I need to get the word out and I need to develop it up, which is still a work in profit progress so i need to i need people to understand like how that really i feel is the solution for america for having better outcomes for everybody's lives if they can have if we can have a system of jobs that basically works for everybody so i was using you know the campaign to bring awareness basically to my nonprofit. so it, it corresponded to everything that I was, I am and was doing. And so that will continue on. The only thing now is I'm trying to shift the YouTube channel to more of a nonprofit effort and awareness. So I'm going to, as soon as I really get my, all my, you know, eggs aligned or all my stuff aligned, then it's going to, I'm going to interview nonprofits um, organizations and uh, nonprofit ideas and talk about just humanity forward and, and things like that. So that's the direction my, my YouTube channel is going to be going in. It's fantastic. We had the, the 1K project on earlier today. So, you know, hopefully we'll all be meeting each other. The UBI community is so nuclear, you know, like just a bunch of nucleus, nuclei rating right. just with people rotating around the uh, orbiting is the word <laughs> around the nucleus you know and so many of us don't know about the the efforts of each other and sometimes we can help each other and sometimes our efforts are even redundant and we, we'd be better if we just talked to each other coordinated and redistributed where we were, where we were working what we were working on so it's great to yeah. know you and it's great to know your your youtube channel is going to do some of the same stuff we're doing because we've got a bridge of these communication gaps what kind of nonprofits do you need to find so I'm going to do there's not a specific nonprofit. I'm I'm just going to more have it be a a nonprofit channel where I don't you know talk about the campaign as much anymore. And I'm gonna I'm going to probably filter in some stuff about you know Andrew Yang, but it's going to be more geared towards the his nonprofit rather than, you know, him politically is kind of the idea. Well, I guess, I guess what I mean by that was like, are you um, looking for people who are distributing money to people in need? Or are you finding people who are actively on the front lines passing out food? Are you finding like what areas are being tackled uh, ideally in your search for nonprofits? Like what kind of organizations as a type? So I haven't really expounded on what kind of type, like I said, but yes, like people hand, basically I'm going to find nonprofits that are solving a problem, a specific problem in their community, and then do like 
you know, the mini interviews to kind of talk about what the problem is that they're trying to solve and encourage people to volunteer for them and donate to them and things like that. So, so Daniel, in uh, Jobs Factory, do you connect certain types of people with certain kinds of work? Or do you find people in exploitative work relationships to get, get them out of there and into something better? So American Jobs Factory, to kind of give you a little bit of how it works, is basically the nonprofit is just to connect people to work and, and have all the human resource functions not be about profit, be about people and not worry about you know, how much money a company is making because it's all, you know, nonprofit organized. And so there's certain things in organizations, like I, I heard of like a little piece of the 1K, uh, you know, and I've heard, uh, you know, lots of complaints around how corporations function. And, you know, specifically nowadays, it feels like every corporation, you're just a number. And you don't really matter because it, what it comes down to is the bottom line, right? The profit. And, you know, if, if the company can fire you and make more money, then they'll do that ultimately. And then I've worked for so, I've worked for so many companies that personally that in orientation and, and whatever, they talk about how awesome you are or how how yeah. much they're focused on people and and making mm. you know a great organization and but when it comes down to it some of their values are their sh- shareholders first you know when it comes right. down to it like what's right uh, for their customers and their shareholders but yeah their, their employees are a third when it comes down to it right right their their employees are disposable in fact uh th- th- this actually relates to my experience because when I joined Best Buy, I was told that I was part of the Best Buy family. They always love right. using that word, family. Your family, your family. And they have all these team building exercises and they tell you to share your story and they get everybody together. And sometimes and it's, it's like, yeah, it, it's like kindergarten. That we, we, all- we do the, Yeah. It's, and it's all bull, right? When it comes yeah, it's to all that. bull. It's like your family and we love you and your family until you don't serve the bottom line. Then we just abandon you and we don't give a damn about you. But before your family and, and we want you to feel special and happy and know that we love you here. Oh, you didn't serve this bottom line right here. Okay, bye. Yeah, that that's how corporations work. So part of the, you know, besides the nonprofit being an HR function that's not about profit, there's certain systems you can put into place so that you're not just a number. And one of the, one of the biggest systems is open source, having information that's easily communicated to your employees. And it's not secret because that's another big thing. All corporations do is they don't tell you what you're being measured by, you know, like when they're ready to lay you off right. or, fire or, or you, how you can a- have a raise. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a big mystery, or what other people are making, or how to make more money, or whatever. So, it, all that needs to be open source. Doesn't mean that you need to like be published like you're exactly what amount. 
is tied to who because you could have like your own specific number that only you know and your you know your employer whatever knows and you can find yourself on a list but that should be open source and then you should have actual actionable sorry you should have actionable steps to know what would make you more valuable to the company and therefore help you to grow in the company make more money uh, all this or, would seem like common sense i mean but, yeah. yeah but it's, and it's not because there's this whole idea in the corporations that it needs to be secret and employees are are not trusted to be smart enough to handle information and you know all these type of things that's so that's demoralizing that's dehumanizing I mean, exactly. I mean, I, 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 you know, you know what bothers me the most when you don't get hired and you're not told why and you get laid off and you're not told why, then how can you ever improve? It's so right. stupid. Well, the, the so I want of- to um, just yeah. interrupt for a minute because this is awesome. You guys just keep talking, <laughs> but I wanted to find out, um, do you want me to go ahead and share your link for the Indiegogo? Are you, sure, is that thanks. ready? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and share that in the American Jobs Factory website for everyone, okay? Um, continue talking. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Faye. Appreciate yeah, it's, you. It's just like the, the secrecy that these corporations yes. keep from their employees. Right. And so creating a system where all that information is open and communicating, then that's one of the solutions. One of the other solutions is... Who is who becomes management to make decisions? Do you have a way that somebody, you know, coming in on day one has a path forward to start to someday make management decisions for everyone? Because what happens is the people at the top hire Ivy League people from business school that has no connection to the actual people or, you know, working their way up in the company and they get they ultimately get to make all the decisions for everybody else that they're disconnected to. So there has to be a a clear path where, you know, somebody who's actually worked in the company has a path to someday make decisions because they're going to make, they're ultimately going to make better decisions. Credentialism is the term we throw around to describe that scenario. Yang just made a podcast with Van Jones called Dumb Smart People. And I right. think you're talking about some of those. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah. 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 Like all the complaints I hear out there, I American Jobs Factory is a is a you know direct solution that I've devised to to get rid of all these problems in in networks or or you know company structures. And so I, that's what I'm trying to build. I would like to ask some questions regarding this. Do, Quickly, um, uh, I just want to let you guys know, I'm passing by Beverly High, so for all of those on the Twitch stream who are interested in what Beverly Hills looks like, I'll put it on the camera. Okay, that's random. Go go for it, man. <laughs> okay, so uh, while he's doing that, um, I uh, have some questions um, in relation to what you're building here. Um, and I'm just curious, is what you're building a piling of all the resources and reallocation of resources and actually providing uh, that information to these other nonprofits. Uh, like, is there a network that you are creating like a list of like who and what they have and like maybe who can talk to who 
for when they need this or that. Like, is that what you're doing? Or is it like, um, like, what does no, that all- look like? So the only connection I have to other nonprofits is kind, kindredship. You know, I I understand the nonprofit world because before this, I ran a nonprofit, and that's I ran a local community center in Tucson, Arizona, and that was a nonprofit organization. And so that's that piece of it was kind of what I was missing for the this organization that I've been I've been thinking about for years, but. Um, so this is not like a, a service for nonprofits. This is basically a a organization to kind of take over society in a positive direction um, that we don't fill a need that is not currently being offered right now. I think that that's I a better idea. Yeah, because this is the whole thing. Like as I build this, I I really am thinking about like control and you know instead of you know, trying to, you know, sell the service to companies that are already existing or try to change people's hearts and minds. It's more of a, this is what we're doing. You can either come along and join us uh, and be part of it or, you know, and you have to basically follow the program or you do your own thing. But if you're, if you're doing something wonky in the, in the, our society, the plan is basically to to push them out over time because we're we're an organization that are that's doing it right and getting better results. So, I think what's kind of like really sad that's happened is uh, all these nonprofits that were doing so good lost all their funding, right? And then they just right. slowly disappear. And the work they did existed, but you know, so temporary. And it's like a lot of these businesses. <laughs> I think need to be or organizations need to be revived. I mean, there almost needs to be a revival process available to people who, I mean, of course they've evolved and maybe switched ideas or maybe joined another organization. You know, it's not like it completely dies. These people still existed that created it with motivations that are probably still yeah. there. But it's just like um, when we're reliant on you know the stockholders and who's invested money, um, it almost pulls away from the goals. You know, but if it costs so much money to even just cover overhead, you know, uh, we lose so much in resources. Yeah, I I believe that you got to keep in mind the eighty twenty world, the eighty twenty rule that you know, out of eighty percent of nonprofits or anything, only twenty percent are going to rise to the top and actually survive. So when you say you know, there's lots of law. Long- nonprofits that are going out of business or or whatever you know there's always that aspect of it that you know there's most of them are not going to be successful but definitely if we had the UBI that Andrew Yang talked about and the the prosperity grant which I'm a big advocate and want to also push um, on my channel going forward then we would be in a lot better spot with both uh you know, nonprofits and and just companies that did positive things. And so the prosperity grant, because most people aren't really aware of that, is that um, the government would give everyone $100 to give to a nonprofit a, a year. And so that's kind of like the, you know, the one for politics. But this Democracy is, dollars. Yeah. 
yeah. democracy dollars, but this would be specific to nonprofits, and that would be a game changer like yeah. for, I dig it. for us. I would love that if we all could do that. We could all be more community-minded. We'd all have, uh, you know, we just think about the agency we have and the responsibility we have and be involved. In, yeah, uh, it's it's nothing wrong. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so nothing little money wrong with per uh, person yeah, per year. Uh, nothing wrong with capitalism, but what we need is like conscious capitalism. You can call it human centered. You can call it what, but it's like, is this capitalism? You know, helping people in their mental health, in their lives, in their you know physical health, or it's just a scoreboard. You know, I get the high score, you get the low score, so you can just, like, drop off a cliff, you know? Well, for for me, when I look at nonprofits, um, you know, think of a bake sale, right? You can, you can try to raise money with a bake sale, uh, and if you only tell your friends and family in the area, you know, you, you might raise a few hundred dollars, right? But imagine if you had more income to raise money by advertising and marketing and you had uh, someone helping with that skill set and then you reach 10,000 people, you know, the amount of money you could raise is significantly different, right? Because you've expanded your networks. Um, And I think nonprofits act in that way. Like, I think we have a lot of bake sales that don't know how to even finance the advertising necessary in order to launch their mission forward into more eyeballs. You know, there's just not enough people even willing to help in that capacity. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, most nonprofits are, are operating at such a low level. And but just like any business, I mean, that's a struggle for any small business that that's growing. But really, it, it depends on having that that base, the building blocks to be able to get to to those places with an organization. Uh, to uh, to talk about your, your your book a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so who are the uh, who are some of the um, the leaders that you uh, profile? Well, well, since I met pretty much everyone, I feel like everyone will be in the book. But specifically, one of the things that I talk about, and I don't know if that's in the first seven pages that I have published online, but the first kind of major person that I talk about is Leslie Smith, who is an MMA fighter. And she introduced Andrew Yang several times. And Leslie Smith is fighting for a union within the MMA community because they don't have the benefits that they need if they get hurt. They don't have the benefits they need to even retire. And the thing is like the before like the boxing administration had fought years and years for these kind of freedoms for the boxing society. But then MMA came in and said, well, we're a different organization. So they started from scratch and they're push keeping unions out and not providing like these basic necessities to take care of their fighters. Yeah, that's wild. It's like you would you would imagine a, an occupation that has an injury rate of 100 uh, yeah, percent. Yeah, you would have basic uh, necessities met. Right. And what so is her name we, again? Leslie Smith. And she tried to start a union, and so immediately they were, you know, uh, hurting her negatively by keeping her out of fights and 
just kind of doing a campaign of of you know against her for trying to create a union so um andrew stepped up and helped her out to to pursue suing the mma in order to help organize the union and i don't know what the status of that is now but he was he was a big help to her and that's kind of the things that she talked about while introducing him yeah i, I remember her speech uh, introducing him back in um uh in san francisco man i think that was like yep as it, that was in the early days i think that was like march 2019 somewhere yep, around that, that was time the, that was the first rally first rally i went to oh wow so uh, Andrew Yang is, appears on this uh, article I just pulled up for everyone that says, um, by the standards of, oh, so I just found it disgusting because the reason why it's supposedly worth $7 billion is because they're underpaying fighters by a factor of four relative to what they should be paying by any common sense standard. Right. So that goes back to just the same kind of corporate structure and organization, you know, every company has been going with since they even from startup to multi-billion dollar corporation you know it's not people first it's it's profits first is when it comes down to it you can see the difference in a new sport like mma uh, versus an old sport like baseball basketball football where those older sports they were really codified and became very popular and became multi-million dollar businesses during a time when unions were the order of the day and everyone had a union, right? But MMA, that came, that really came into popularity, popularity in the late 90s, right? So no union, no. So what happens? What happens all these years later? They make a quarter of the money other athletes do. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it really, it, it, like, we, we'll never, like, high school students, the way we treat, you know, some of these workers. But go ahead, Daniel. Sorry. No, I was just saying that. So unions are something that I really looked at building American Jobs Factory. And so there's there's certain issues, you know, with unions that people have with unions. And so I really incorporated different systems also in, in my organizational structure to combat, like, some of the major problems that people have with unions so that you know, American Jobs Factory can be better than a union. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that, too. Please, please elaborate. That's, that's interesting. So uh, one, I'll just talk about one issue that comes to mind that people have with unions is they have a medical a doctors association union. And the, the problem that they cite for that union is that they don't allow new doctors. Uh, they limit the supply. So doctors can basically get the most money possible and so that's kind of a simple fix like my you know my organization wouldn't do that type of thing you know keep yeah. have a have this type sort of, of thing a, where, a monopoly on labor correct correct and so and then you know really this is the the thing to my my thought process for American Jobs Factory is, you know, it all comes down to a supply and demand. So if we can supply, you know, workers to at a mass amount that you have to you have to pay them well, basically, and and treat them well, 
then you know more people would be involved in my organization compared to somebody else's organization that doesn't treat workers correctly. So that's the whole thing that I'm focused on too. Yeah, too. presuming sufficient agency on the on the on the half of the employee. Yes. Right. Right. Ariel, your mic is windy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so so there's those kind of things. Also, you know, my my organization, it's not a due, uh, that you have to pay dues type of thing. You know, we would basically, unions don't provide any, well, they don't really provide a service to the employees in a lot of ways. And they make people, I mean, the, the service they're providing is agency. You know, it's collective bargaining is what unions talk about providing. And so they make their people pay a due to them for providing that service. Well, you know, American Jobs Factory is doubling as a uh, an employment agency would just take it out of their pay uh, at a certain percentage and provide massive value so that there's not, it doesn't negatively impact uh, the worker for being part of the organization, like in a union. I'm I'm being quiet because I've had Daniel explain this to me before, and so <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't like I'd be giving leading questions because <laughs> I already know where he's going. Yeah, well, thanks for listening, Faye. But uh, if anybody has like you know those questions of like, but hey, I don't think this would work because of this reason. You know, I'm more than happy to hear it, and I'm always improving things. So so, so what if what if like you know your employer is oh, you're part of that, like, American jobs factory that, like, wants to help you out. Like, you're not, you know, a part of our family, and you're not, like, team-oriented or something. Well, and that's the brilliance. Against. Yeah. That's my, the brilliance of my system is that that's we're not uh, advertising or competing with businesses because American Jobs Factory is, like, a co-owner to any business out there. And so they can't function without us. And basically, we're through acquisition and buyouts, we're taking over organizations through American Jobs Factory and my other my other business, Satori Business Management. We're taking over uh, companies in order to employ people there. And so part of the the company structure will be that there's no in-house human resources. Um, the American Jobs Factory takes care of all the human resources, and the the company has no choice as part of the buyout or the acquisition uh, to to be part of the organization. Or so. We oh, won't okay. Have so, so so this is this is not when when you say you take a certain percentage out of the person's pay to be a part of this. This is already like through your organization, all the jobs that they can work for is through American Jobs that that, that has that. Okay. Correct. So Correct. my understanding of it was that um, the human resources functions are, you know, complicated and a really, uh, you know, resource consuming for most companies. And so for them to, um, you know, have uh, the best human resources people doing that work um, is a, is a real chore and, a, and an expense that could be taken over by a nonprofit and so that gives the um that means that they the company itself gets the benefit of not having to pay those human resources themselves too. 
Well, and that's kind of the the structure that I see the the businesses on the business side being able to flourish, flourish, <laughs> being able to flourish um, because as a like a humane first company, I I gotta say. But they're able to flourish well, they just because do those they're fancy little flourishes. Those businesses, yeah, flourish, flourish, flourish. But anyway, they're able to succeed because they're part of this organization. So they don't have to worry about you know people are probably the most co- things that are costly and complicated. So you know these these companies can focus on the profits on their side. They're focused on the profits. Well, American Jobs factory can focus on the people and the then, quality yeah the quality exactly and so um especially we'll be able to do like things with startups on that side that like compete at a higher level than other startups because the other startups are are so worried about the bottom line of of the people cost and our startup function won't have to have those kind of difficulties uh, going forward so, so um, ha- have you uh, secured any clients yet? So the companies that we work with right now are all like business buys and affiliate um, companies. So right now I, there's an energy company called CX, which is a, a Yang Gang. Somebody on the Yang Gang owns that. And I'm an affiliate marketer basically for them. And so anytime I sell a contract, in the energy market for business, then uh, American Jobs Factory and my company get a commission. And basically, I'm just funding American Jobs Factory through that that commission right now. So that's an example. But also, I bought um, two different companies recently uh, that I'll be rolling out in the next couple months, which is uh, uh, new trending tech and gaming in chill.com they're both dot coms so could you explain those a little more so they're just they're just uh companies that that sell like tech so one's focused on gaming and tech and one's focused on just general different tech um cool tech products that are out there in the world right now so those you know there's kind of like a multitude of things that I'm kind of doing to see which which one has the most movement on. Um, but, uh, you know, it's I'm still at a startup kind of stage, so there's a lot of uh, building going on. Is there any strategy you have for, like, what kind of businesses you should be uh, connecting with? Like, uh, you know, the strengths of one organization might benefit from this other one and nudge nudge here you go like i know you need this uh like uh i guess in my mind like my example in my head is uh you know maybe there's a tech that helps clean out uh garbage from canals and you know you also found this other um business that uh could benefit from having their canal uh cleaned up whatever you know that be uh, i don't know but I, yeah, i'm just saying like mindfully uh buying up stuff and connecting them does that make sense yeah there there's going to be a, a lot of crossover and it's a little all over the place right now but i've been focused on things that are kind of humanity 
forward focused. I mean that you know don't pollute the the world and and put people first and you know clean air, clean water type of thing. But I would say that um, so the energy brokerage they're very green energy focused, and so that's kind of why I've I've combined some efforts with them and uh, you know the the whole tech kind of niche it goes along with uh, a, another book that I had written before this that I'm still working on. Um, it's all it's completely written, but I'm still working on editing and marketing. And so my I guess that's what I was going to say is I had kind of focused on, especially with the channel and everything, is I was focused on a marketing type of company to get you know more of these business things out there that I'm doing, uh, communicated to the public. So I'm, I'm focusing on increasing like a marketing company uh, first and then moving on to other things. Seems like a smart strategy. Thanks. <laughs> so the book, New Leaders Are Yang Gang, I have the first, right now I just have the first seven pages available to read through um, based off my Indigo campaign. Um, but you go to the, it just links back to the website where you can download it free. It all, all it asks is an email to, to communicate further with you. And the rest of the book, more than half of it is written. I've been lingering on finishing it because I really wanted to see what the response would be out there for people wanting a Yang Gang book. And either way, I will finish it, but I am looking at, you know, with everything going on, I'm looking at more um, things that for my business right now, because I want to, you know, I need more revenue to be able to do more marketing and, and things like that. So it's it's been kind of difficult balancing that. And that's why my YouTube channel has kind of lingered in the past couple months, especially with Andrew dropping out. It's been really hard to focus on getting new um, YouTube um, spots out there for for people to to watch, and you know, with Corona and everything, it feels like everything about the virus or whatever has been talked about at this point. So it's hard to think of new you know avenues to to center on about that. So you I, know that uh, I would like uh, to share my excitement I had when I read about your book. Uh, okay. Yeah. So when I read what you had in mind. I got more excited than I'd like to admit because uh, you were frontlined uh, to network with the most people in person, right? But you also got to see people in their character and you witnessed uh, an angle on the campaign that is not commonly seen, right? Uh, and... Um, you could highlight these leaders that um, other people would actually want to get in contact with. And because of your experience with that, you could provide what kind of resources that person even might mean to somebody. And the people looking for that person could finally find them. You know, like you, you might know people who are really good at computer programming and create this beautiful uh, setup, uh, you know, and that's their talent. Um, and then you've got someone else who's really good at uh, 
maybe they made banners or something and somebody else needs that skill. And it's almost like you could help the skill sharing thing happen because like, oh, this person knows photography. They could teach you it or or video editing. And like uh, people could find their mentors. Um, and I think that's what we struggle with is we don't know who to look to as a mentor. And your book, Full of Leaders, uh, we would finally know where to look. And we could get them in panels like this one because we actually know where to find them. And you were, uh, like, in a, the most opportune um, experience, you know, because you were able to spend time, you know, uh, with these people as well. And, uh, yeah, that's where my excitement <laughs> came from. I was like, yeah, wow, this is exactly what everyone needs. Um, oh, wow. You know, and... and, well, and with that in mind, say, I will definitely look at making sure I, I put that in the book as a as a point of, you know, you know, communicating that for people to try to find each other, for sure. That really makes me happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, your book essentially could be a tool uh, for society uh, if, uh, you know, just yeah. done mindfully enough. Uh, it's not well, like it's extra work too much, really. Yeah, well, my real hope, you know, my ultimate goal, I guess, with the book would be to get the word out to more and more non-gang gang members so that they can understand, like, this was a major movement that's going to change society. And, you know, hopefully people will read this and be like, oh, I want to be part of this group. You know, how do I sign up? I mean, that would be Absolutely. that would be my dream. That's what we're this all trying to do. Be inspiration. We're all trying to find each other. Right, and uh, that's the one uh, thing that connected us, and that's why we call ourselves the Yang Gang Roundtable, is because we all found each other through Andrew Yang, and I always thought that that was sort of the greatest thing that he brought to me, uh, even greater than the fact that an Asian-American person was running for president on the Democrat side. Um, Just the fact that, you know, uh, I could find people who had common values to myself, and I found that very difficult to do before Yang Gang showed up and Andrew Yang showed up. Did you all have more trouble, you know? Yes, I did a lot. A hundred percent. You know, everybody tells you like, well, you know, life is unfair. That's just the way things are. And I hate that mentality. That's just like, like, just think literally you tell you you tell people to think harder before. Right, exactly. Like you don't have to stop at like the first intellectual barrier. You can think through things. Yeah, exactly. And then again and again and again but, until you figure out I a better said, system. It doesn't, well, doesn't have well, to I be mean, anyway. We make it the way it is, however it right. is. If, if we had that men- mentality since the beginning of the earth, we'd still be living in caves and we would have no technology. Yeah. Well, but, this uh, is where- Yeah, finding each other is not enough. Like, we all actually have uh, agendas that we want to push and things that we want to get done. We want to improve the world and we are busy doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is what I think about, guys, because as as big as this movement has gotten and grown and we've come together, I think about how I didn't know who Donald Glover or Childish Gambino was. I still don't know why he has two names, but I had no idea who he was because I never... why he has two names. Would you like to know? Okay. Well, Childish Gambino is his rap name. Well, I understand. I guess I understand. Uh, You know where it comes from? A random uh, Wu-Tang Clan name generator. From the early internet, so there it is. Okay, well, but why did he go with it? I mean, why does he need a rap name? Well, you know, it's an it's it's an alias. You're performing 
you know, you're uh, performing persona. You release music under it. <laughs> yeah, but I would think that you would want to be like, especially if you're trying to break into the music career, you would want to go by a name that you're known at so you can get that crossover <laughs> appeal. I mean, that but, depends what the project is to you as an artist and a person. Yeah. Okay. Well, well anyway, my. I want to finish my point. My point is, I had no idea who he was until Netflix came out, really, and then and the community came out on Netflix, and then I was like, "Oh, that's who this guy is." So it makes me think, you know, you know, as far as famous as he is, you know, I didn't know about him, and there's still lots of people I assume out there that would be more than happy to be in our movement and, you know, be part of the Yang gang, but they still, for some crazy reason, don't know who Andrew Yang is and are not part of the, the Yang gang yet. And so, I mean, we need to still get our message out there so we can attract them into our movement because it's the most positive, you know, life-changing kind of movement that's available or has been around for a century. So it's, it's pretty awesome what we can still create. Well, the other thing, too, which I'm noticing is, um, okay, so when I went fully nomadic outside of Yang Gang, uh, prior to this all happening, like, I was looking for people, you know, like, I needed a crew or friends or inspiration. And like, I've never had somebody I could work on projects with, right? Great ideas. And, you know, maybe that's a bold statement. But I mean, I can do them individually. But I'm that small little bake sale, okay? And and if I had a crew behind me, though, like, the, the, the capacity of what's possible grows, right? And, uh, but if I can't find those people, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm just going to keep twiddling my thumbs or wasting time looking for them, right? And so when I stumbled across the Yang Gang, I was like, oh, this is where I can find my crew. I can get work done. We have, like, as uh, Other Faye said, it's like, you know, similar values. And it's like, we're working towards the same mission. We have the same vision for the world, which is what? World peace? I don't know. Like, that seems to be something. <laughs> Authentic happiness? Oh, no. What a terrible thing to strive for. Okay. So we want to fix our society because it's broken. We're not blind to this. But we didn't know how to do it. Or we lacked skills. You know, like, uh, you, you have the greatest idea, zero money, because you're broke, because you don't have UBI, so you can't hire somebody. And then it's like, okay, well, to find somebody who's going to do it for free, well, good luck with that, right? Uh, and, and so now we have the Yang Gang, and we're, like, passion-driven. We're like, Psh, we all need the UBI. We're working for our future paychecks, right? We see it. We see it in the distance. And it's actually quite obtainable. It's already technically here with a stimulus. So then we're getting excited because other people are, like, waking up because, one, they're hitting a defining moment. Bam! You have never needed these services before, and now you have to use them. And then you're like, oh, man, these services suck. Dang. Well, I actually know how to do something about this. Okay. Now who do I work with? Hey, we have a whole network we can connect with. But then it's like, hmm... Who has the skills I need and how do I get in contact with them? And are they like outside my social like level of network? You know, uh, someone who is a CEO doesn't usually talk to a janitor per se, you know, but like on platforms like this, we get that opportunity. Right. If you join the Yang Gang, you will get Paget. That's true. And you will get Andrew Yang, but you're also going to get two Faze. <laughs> the other other Faye and this one. 
<laughs> double the fun. Uh, yeah, I, and, and I, a lot of times in my life, I thought I did find those people and I did find those teams, but I just end up getting backstabbed because, I don't know, like, like you say one thing that they don't like and they have more money than you, or you make one little mistake and you just poof out of existence into these of these networks. This has been the only network that has not like just poofed me out into existence because I did that one little tiny thing wrong that they didn't like. And that is so messed up. Well, I feel like we're kind of teaching our elders how to behave sometimes now that they're so divided and they're so used to gridlock in Congress, you know, and these are older people generally who are running the show. It's like um, we're, we're coming to them and teaching them that, hey, you know, Democrats and Republicans really aren't that different. They're all human beings. And I'm going to stand by that, you know, 100%. Whereas they've been playing football with the country, you know, they keep just just uh, pushing the other team back, pushing the other team back and like saying, like, you're not a real Democrat. Somebody told me this today while I was campaigning. So uh, for people who don't know, I'm campaigning for a national delegate to be able to go to a three-day convention. All right. I don't. I didn't think that was a big deal, but apparently it is. And the, the person I was campaigning to said... Um, well, you said that Democrats are the same as Republicans, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't agree with that. And so you're not a real Democrat. And, um, In my context. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's we're like, all human beings. we're all human beings. We're not that <laughs> different. We've got just as many crazies on our side. And, right. And, and, <laughs> and that's she's why like, well, you're saying they're not monsters. I think they're just monsters. So if you don't want to go monster hunting, I'm not down with you. That's exactly what's going on. That's okay. exactly what's going that's what on. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I, feel, I was like, I challenged her to find one thing that I, she said that I had said something, um, you know, that I would never, ever vote for Joe Biden or something like that, you know, in the past. Yeah. And that was a while back. You know, I believe that I mean, people I'm have the there. right to make a, make a difference. <laughs> I, I mean, people can change their mind. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure, they can. <laughs> Joe Biden could, could win me over if he apologizes and cries on camera and he promises that he'll he'll make UBI happen. And he like kisses a piece of paper with it written on it. And maybe I'll vote for him. But that's it. That's the only way. <laughs> oh, dear. So I feel like. So, yeah. So um, let's get back on track. What do we. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think it's that bad, but I think that we all should be part of the democratic process, regardless. And I wish the Democratic Party felt that way. Yeah, whether you're Republican or or Democrat, the common interest is we want things to be better. So that's the thing. We just have different ways of going about that. Yeah, I would think you would want someone who could work with both, and you know, every kind of person, even the extreme people. It used to be that way. They used to be. There used to be a lot more like liquidity between the parties. You know, it, it would be normal to vote Republican one time, Democrat the next based on the individual. And now it is. You know, I don't know for how long, 20, 25 years, maybe been just football, well, you know, I identity. Recently, I saw a interview with Kim Iverson where she was talking to an expert group talking about forming a third party. Uh, I think you've moved away from your mic. We can't hear you. Can you hear me now? No, you're still sound very muted. He sound like you're underwater. Really We're only tiny. getting the treble. We're only getting treble frequencies. I'm not sure what's happening. If you have a microphone, uh, maybe it got a little unplugged or something. Yeah, it might be partially unplugged if it's a. Uh, Any better? Because I don't have a. Um, a a little, not much. I guess we'll just we'll go with it. But to, okay. to bring it back to. Yeah, oh, now to you're good. It... You're good now. Oh, I can, yeah. Am I good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never know. 
And the, I was like getting out my microphone right now. I was like, get it out quick. Anyway, uh, I don't, I have no idea what we were talking about before this, but um, just being together, you know, no matter, or being part of the democratic process. I mean, being involved is the most important thing is how I feel. So good job, Faye. Faye Koo. Uh, thank you, Daniel. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you something, which is uh, to bring it back to what you're doing, right? Um, what other superpowers might you need to help you with this project? And maybe you could solicit some more uh, Yang Gang to come and join you in the American Jobs Factory. So I'm just concentrate on concentrating on marketing type of skills. So I'm trying to produce more videos. I'm trying to write more copy and get them on median, uh, Medium Sorry, is the, the platform I use. I'm trying to get more information on my website. I still have to, I'm, I'm going to solicit Faye here to proofread my PDF on the American Jobs Factory at, at some point uh, to make sure that I communicate better. And then I'm working on doing a a uh, video type uh, explainer video exactly how the organization is supposed to work so that people can disseminate that a little bit better than having to read a PDF file. So what I kind have. of crew members do you need? Do you need filming people, video editors, book editor, it sounds like. Uh, like yeah. what, what kind of team members do you need? So video editing is a big pain point, right? I need because I can't produce the videos fast enough and then I let all my other projects get in the way as well because of editing has me so overwhelmed at this point that I just keep thinking I'll do it later so I'm actually uh trying to I've been thinking about how to dumb it down lately so I'm going to do non-editing clips non-edited clips here pretty soon because that's just the way to do it without having to worry about editing. So uh, that's that's my plan kind of going forward and then working on more editing things I, later. I think it's good that you create the raw content because the beauty of any creation is it can evolve, right? And the more minds that put their talents to it, you know, they can optimize it with their skill levels, right? But like there needs to be starting footage from something, right? Um, and like in my experience recently, you know, I, I started a puppet show thing, right? And I don't like video editing. I'm like, I can record, I'll even pay for like the extra zoom thing. Uh, but you know, if you like editing, you know, opt in, do, do take your call, you know, here, here's, here is, uh, your quest if you so choose to take it. Right. And guess what? Mm -hmm. I found a video editor right quick because That's I actually nice, yeah. like, offered it and you know and i don't need any credit for what comes out if they put me in the credits that's great but you know i don't necessarily need uh any of the what do they call that um accolades huh? yeah and i don't need accolades. to be praised for anything i just need that content to exist yeah 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 i feel the same and i was trying so hard to find people who might want like audio editing for Yang Gang stuff, I couldn't find anyone for like almost a year when I was trying to involve myself in the Yang campaign. I was like, does anyone need audio editing? Anyone need audio equalized or or cleaned up or truncated or moved around or anything? No, nope, nobody. <laughs> it's like eventually 
I realized the only way I was going to uh, to do that was if I did it myself. I guess. But um, yeah, but it's but if yeah, I maybe I could have met someone. Uh, maybe I could have been helpful before if I'd had um, access to some of the tools that that we're talking about. Yeah. But well, also, I think, that, I think it's a matter of us training other people how to do things, you know, yeah. like if you can delegate tasks and or help them figure out a source of learning or even provide that like YouTube has a lot of resources, right? You don't have to sit there with somebody, but a form of learning is in physical proximity of another person showing you the ropes. Like that's just a form of learning, which is actually quite common. And it's kind of how you solidify it. You need someone there to watch you and be like, eh, actually, I would try it this way. And this menu is here and it's instant access to like someone who's guiding you. It's the mentor, right? Um, and so like we need more mentors in video editing and audio editing, uh, hands down. Right. But a lot of it is people are bored right now and don't have these skills because they've never even thought to develop them or have no purpose right so uh you gotta find those people so so that is my thing i i have not met anybody who's actually bored out there that would like to join my organization and help it out so if there is actually somebody who's bored i will definitely put them to work but i have not i have not personally found them (laughs) Oh, you're saying everyone is too busy for a minute. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, Even I mean, during the pandemic, everyone is too especially busy. Especially yeah. on the Yang Gang. I don't know about normal people out there, but I feel like everybody on the Yang Gang is doing like five jobs right now, even during the pandemic. So, so I have a suggestion for you. Go to other groups that are non-related to Yang Gang. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe you go to a photography group or you go to film group or whatever. You pitch your idea, right? And there may be volunteers willing to develop their skills based on this, right? Um, and uh, reach out into other networks. And Facebook groups are probably the most ideal. Um, maybe uh, there are nomads in vagabond groups that like you know they're sitting around enjoying life they have a more free time generally because they're not working right so you 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 strategize who which group to be a part of and uh from personal experience it works so it's <laughs> that's, a, that's a good tip Thanks. yeah you're welcome <laughs> see as i practice um creating my own little fun project on the side i'm learning things that i can teach other people right i'm teaching a skill that i've just like hey i bet other people could use this but i don't know who needs this information until i have a conversation with them right so so it's good for us to network because then we can come up with customized examples uh what they need so yeah and so like on the business side, like if I if anybody needs any business advice, like how to create an organization at low cost and get it get it um, licensed and get even free business advice um, from people that you know uh, run multiple companies. I you know I have connections to other people that run businesses that can give. Do you want to put like a UBI t shirt company together? Yeah. <laughs> Me and you for the for the, for our podcast because everyone here's got no money. We got to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't we know. Are, I've been thinking about something like merchandise. We to get a lot done for not having any yeah. money. Merchandise yeah. well, thing. Yeah. Where money comes in. That's where the real money comes mm-hmm. from. If you follow any YouTuber who made it big, 
They didn't get the money from YouTube clicks and likes, okay? They got it from merchandising, you know? But people like punny things, okay? Like, they hate it, but they love it. They deep down love it, right? And so you appeal to those things, right? Anything that makes somebody laugh, more likely they will buy it. Uh, okay. Yeah, so just think well, of that. Well, my, my issue with... So I'll tell you my little story about trying to do merch. So originally I started or I did merch on Teespring and they had a design um, program on Teespring. And I put together all these shirts that I was, I was excited about. And then I'm, I'm literally wearing a Teespring shirt right now. Right. And so I put together all these shirts that I was excited about, but I, at the time I didn't have any type of a following. And so nobody bought them. And then they only had like a limited time that you like, post them or have a campaign and so it ran out and then they don't have the the for some reason they you can't redo the design for being sold it's like over and so then i tried to recreate it and they got rid of their design platform altogether and they said okay you have to go to a third party design place and create it again and then just import it so i've tried to work with like free design software since then and I can't find anything that can reproduce what I had before or give me the the right tools for me to be creative so I've been not doing merch since my first attempt I'm sorry that happened to you do you want more suggestions I have more for you yeah, I also have a, an idea, which is that if you go to um, some of the YouTubers, what they do is they actually um, make their own commercials that they put inside, and they can get a direct uh, they can get a direct advertisement, uh, like from the corporation that they're you know that's advertising instead of waiting for YouTube you know clicks and things like that. Uh, my suggestion um, actually is uh, guess what. We have the Yang Gang, and the Yang Gang has resources. We have people who love making stickers. We have people who love digital design. We have skilled members everywhere, right? It all boils back down to who, right? Uh, right. So then you think about what cities um, have most of the creatives. L.A., hmm, they're really good with what? Film, okay. And we also have entertainment, uh, in Vegas, okay, um, and then, but LA also has uh, all the, anything you could possibly need for a movie, so they can make anything there, right, so you have to think about what city has what as their marketplace, and that's where you're going to find these creatives, I would definitely look in LA, and uh, San Diego ain't quite, we, we have a few people in Texas too, in Austin, that's where our creatives end up. Yeah, so so based on the type of uh, marketing you're looking into, you know, but also what you do is you go um, into, uh, say, Instagram or whatever, and you can find people who are local to you or whatever or where you want to be. You comment three words or more, and you make sure you tag random things that are somewhat related back to what you're doing. You know, like, oh, Sure, you look great. You know, oh, it looks like you enjoy this kind of thing. I have this thing that maybe you would be interested in, right? Copy paste, copy paste. Uh, you know, add their name to it so it feels customized and that you actually care about them. 
Um, and you just find people with maybe a, a large following, right? Um, but people feel more connected if there's three words or more in a comment, right? And so you, like, and I'm just taking these ideas from what other people have suggested to me, right? Like, I've, I've, I've used some of them, and I've gotten a little better at it, but I'm not pro, right? Everything's a learnable skill. You develop it. Um, and so you just keep an ear out for what works, you know? But uh, those are my ideas. <laughs> oh, that and, works. Yeah, and since you know a lot of people, uh, just ask for the type of person. Um, but, yeah, may maybe you need to talk to some people in the Yang Gang. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a couple names for you. Okay. Yeah, I think that's like the whole using everybody's superpowers, right? That's your idea is to make sure that if there's something you're not really good at, just ask for the help that you need, right? Somebody will jump in. Well, I think maybe the problem is that maybe like other people do this too, but I think that the communication to the Yang Gang is like solely on Twitter and maybe it's not so much on Twitter because I'll put tweets out you know, asking for random things, but I don't really get a response, but I haven't posted in like a discord server or, or whatever. So maybe that's kind of what I should be doing. Find the platform who you're looking for has. So if you need a gamer, go to Twitch. Okay. If you need a artist, go to DeviantArt. If you need um, a group of people, go to Facebook groups, you know, you gotta figure out where to find these people, and that's where you go to. Twitter might be Yang Gang, yes, but maybe there's Yang Gang in all these other groups because realistically, we're part of many platforms per individual. And what we noticed while we were in the same room together uh, was that, oh, we're all interconnected in one way or another. Uh, and so, like, if you pay attention to the platforms that keep reoccurring, like, oh, you gotta download. Uh, Slack, or you got to download Discord, or okay. Well, what kind of people do we find? I mean, there's an app called Whisper. Okay, it's you anonymously tell your deepest, darkest secrets, right? So that's where the complaints are. That's the the real problems of the area. Pe people are just gonna lay it out there because they feel safe, right? So if you need to give, uh, or if you need specific examples of what's going wrong. That's where you go look, right? So um, it's really hyper-analyzing uh, what already exists as platforms. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to put the car together. Yeah, but I, your point, it comes to play that there's so many different platforms out there. So it's hard sometimes to figure out what is the right platform for what you need. Because, like you said, Twitch and Facebook groups and, oh, my gosh, how many, you know, there's the Discord server, there's Facebook, there's, you know, so many different ones out there. It gets a little overwhelming sometimes. If you need clarification, I have done a significant <laughs> amount of research in this. You tell me who you need, I'll tell you what platform to find them on. <laughs> I got you. Okay. I got I understand. Okay. Well, thank you very much. See, I see what your book and all these things that you're trying to do is so beneficial that, like, the knowledge I bestow upon you is nothing to me, right? If it means, like, it can help you add value to whatever you're creating. And so, like, I want to help you uh, because I think what you have experienced needs to be shared. And it's for the greater good of a lot of people. So, and, and we can 
proof of concept this, you know, we could create yeah. this reality. Okay. And then if we, if we successfully do it, we can replicate it in other networks outside of Yang Gang. Gotcha. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just about moving forward. I mean, that's the whole thing. I, I mean, doing this for a while, I just feel like, you know, all the pieces will finally fall together, you know, eventually. You just got to keep keep pushing and and look for the pieces to, to put into your puzzle. And finally, your puzzle will finally make a picture if you just keep at it. I'm really happy oh. you came on, by the way. <laughs> That's a- yeah, I mean, uh, Faye is um, making uh, the same types of uh, points that I would make about, you know, just getting more people involved when uh, you, if you see something that's difficult for you to do or that you might want some more help with, you know, um, I've been asking the whole Yang Gang to do that, you know, uh, there's people out there who are willing to give a little bit of their time to do something and, or to teach you something, a skill that they have, right? right. And we do right. that sometimes on Yang Gain Report Live as we make uh, – we've made a video, for example, um, with uh, Jenner from MindWave Podcast. He came by and shared his expertise on how to um, make podcasts, right? Because my sound was so terrible when I first started this uh, with you guys, and I, I made it my mission to, like – improve it for everybody so people didn't have to hear you know noise while i'm trying to talk so um you know yes. you know what Faye? i did you know, i was just thinking in the back of my mind you know the whole time or whatever she sounds so much better but i didn't place it even though you're wearing headphones and a mic now <laughs> like until you just said that i'm like oh yeah that's well, why <laughs> When things are going well, people are not supposed to notice things like, you know, your sound quality. Exactly. Good point. But, yeah, I definitely wanted to respect my my co-workers. If you're, I don't know if we can call this worker. (laughs) 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 Co-hosts. You know, and and try to do better by them. So. Well, it's like... uh... People just pay more attention to your message if they like the medium, you know, if, you're, if, you, if your voice sounds nicer, clearer. So we just try to do everything we can. But yeah, you do sound a little Well, I have a microphone coming because I was told I needed a particular kind of microphone. And so oh, that'll be good. <laughs> apparently it's on back order. So this is Excellent. what I got for now. Fantastic. I like it. The other thing 100%. I noticed, like, I've... I've developed a lot of skills because of the yang gang i didn't know how to use discord i was very uh resistant to discord right um and there's still platforms i'm resistant to but like i started twitter because of yang gang right like i i never used it before um but then i learned how to use it in an optimal way that is in alignment with what i'm willing to you know do uh but then when i started learning how to use discord um, I was able to use it in my own personal life and my, my own personal projects, right? Um, and and as I do these side projects, guess what? I'm learning other things from a whole different network of people. Guess what? I could relay this back to this other network. And it becomes this beautiful personal life uh, merger, if you will. You know, like you can um, replicate uh, your skills into different networks. Uh, and when they have questions, they're like, oh, yeah, on this podcast I'm a part of, I've learned all these things that I can share with you now. You know, uh, that doesn't happen in too many other platforms, I think. 
Hey, have you? Um, how are you doing with the Slack? Because I had to learn Slack this year. It was really difficult. Slack is hard for me too. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I'm avoidant of. <laughs> okay, so I actually did a, a YGRL uh, training for Slack with Angelo, who's one of our regular speakers, and with uh, Brendan Carpenter also showed up from the, you know, they were both uh, Humanity First Movement uh, leaders. And they, um, but we have technical difficulties and we can't get it off of Annette's computer. <laughs> So we are going through all these, you know, technical issues, but I feel like um, if we don't tackle all of these issues one at a time, you know, and we just get frustrated and say, well, too bad, you know, we just don't know how to do this, then um, we can't, you know, do that moving forward and growing. So once we get that done, I'm going to invite everybody to come and learn about Slack from like two experts. It's interesting how so many people seem to be on Slack exclusively or everything but Slack. So it would be good to get on Slack. Um, there's something strangely intimidating about Slack. Maybe it's just that those particular people who seem to be intimidating people are on Slack. And it seems to be sort of a cultural place for people who take themselves just a notch more seriously, whether they are more serious or not. So, yeah, let's learn Slack. Let's get on there. <laughs> I know I'm not I'm not selling it I'm still I'm explaining why I have avoided it but um that's not a good reason so I'm getting it out there just putting well, my Shale. reasons out there so I can uh, so I can conquer them. <laughs> but our our Discord server podcasting is quite intimidating to some people. Yeah, I realize that. Like, I, it's funny. It's a different world. It's just like yeah, I didn't even know that Discord was hard for people until recently when people I guess just come from Zoom and expect. Expect Zoom to be the default. I don't know. Well, w people are drawn to what's familiar, right? Yeah. And uh, Slack is for like professionals. It's like, I guess if you have a certain like middle class kind of office job, Slack is a standard for a lot of industries. So that's those people know it. And, you know, I guess if you play certain video games, you learn Discord. Probably how I learned Discord. <laughs> well, I definitely came to Discord through gaming and was using it for several different games. And, eventually came on to the Yang Gang, and then all of a sudden there were like 12 of them. It proliferated all of a sudden. I didn't even know about them, you know, for most of the year. Um, but the thing is, each of these platforms having uh, catering to a specific population is what's keeping us divided, right? Yeah. So if there's none of us are willing to go out of our comfort zones and go to that other one that's really intimidating over there, or that seems really scary because I don't game, why do I want to be on a gaming platform? Because I don't know, I don't want to watch other gamers on Twitch, you know, <sighs> then uh, we just can't talk to each other. And so, like, we still need people who are connectors, who can go between, and that's, um, I think, part of our roundtable, right? If that's Congress Go ahead. If, if, if Congressman Dis if Congressman Tim Ryan can make a Discord line, then I can make a Slack account right now. <laughs> I have a Slack account. I have not been on it forever because I don't so, know. But it. this is back but, to the, what I was saying. How yeah. like you gotta go to Facebook groups for this kind of person. You gotta go to this group for yeah, this kind yeah. of thing. That's a great, it's a great point. We don't even think. I don't. We don't think about it in that way because it's so stupid. It's counterintuitive. There's just no reason for it. We're like people aren't that lazy and pattern pattern based but in a lot of ways we kind of just fall into these these traps where we only talk to people on the social network we're on even though it takes just we don't even have to go anywhere or spend any money to, to go to another one we just have to learn a little bit not a lot a little interface 
but it we don't. It all goes down <laughs> to mentors. We have to have a person who will show us how to do it because otherwise we yeah. get intimidated and we stop. Yeah. It's all about someone taking the time to walk you through it. Grandma's not going to learn a cell phone by herself, okay? That's the equivalent of what's going on. <laughs> but also, young people refuse to get on Facebook because I'm not that old person. <laughs> and people, you know, young people don't want to go into certain areas because they're like, uh, so like there's that age gap too that, you know, and um, sure. it's hard. It's really hard for people to learn though. Like, it's very difficult to be Faye D and uh, be able to do all of these different ones. Uh, each one that you learn is just so much brain power that we don't really realize it. You know, it, it takes up so much energy. And a lot of people don't have time and energy in their lives, especially without UBI and you're working, you know, that many hours a week already. Um, or you're just older and you're not able to, you know, learn that many technologies so quickly. I wish this is like, this is that discussion where I kind of feel like I can almost hear Jacqueline in the background, one of our other podcasters, <laughs> you know, saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to be able to learn that technology. Don't push me into this one, you know? It's just a lot to do. Yeah, but the idea of having mentors or connectors is great. So thanks for you guys for stepping up to be those mentors and connectors we're looking for. Appreciate it. Dan, um, do you have, uh, did you ever uh, use Discord before you came into our podcast? So I, at, I don't know what I've had or hadn't had, honestly, at this point. But, I mean, I was doing business stuff before this. So I I have a feeling that somebody on one of the business connections I had asked me to be on Discord for some reason. But Play I can't. World of Warcraft like, or something, right? I, I don't know. But I, I do know that at a certain point I was mixing up Slack and Discord. And I didn't realize they were two different platforms. And I was like you know what happened to these people i thought they were here and they weren't because i was on slack and then i was like oh it, it's over here on this app so i know there's a certain point where i was confused so you know i'm sure it happens well i want to say that in our rural communities because we're having a virtual convention this year you know for texas state at least um i've been calling up people and they've been telling me that they can't find their email in order to, you know, vote. You know, they can't find their ballot. They don't, they're not getting this or they're, they can't open up an attachment. You know, they say, oh, I got the email, but I can't open your attachment. And um, so it's not even unwillingness to learn something. They don't have enough internet access to do a lot of the things we're doing right now. And I remember having that free phone, the what we called the Obama phone uh, a while back. Those are terrible. I couldn't run like five different chats you know, like I'm being pushed to get on WeChat now. So every country has their own special chat program that everybody uses. So in Taiwan, they use Line, which probably you haven't heard of unless you have a Taiwanese friend. You know, but when I was working for a Taiwan company to tutor on overseas, they forced me to use Line, you know, and now I have to use it for my parents who are there. <laughs> but now if I want to work for a lady in Shanghai, I've got to go on WeChat. Every single person yeah. in China is on WeChat. So if I don't do that, I'm not going to even get paid, probably. They probably have some online system where they pay you through WeChat, you know. So uh, it's it's just so many things to learn, and sometimes you can't do it. I was, I was thinking if I had to run Skype and uh, Discord and all of these things on my old phone, that thing would have been, you know, it would have been yeah. done. 
<laughs> and then ultimately somebody will come out going, oh, this is the platform to connect all the other platforms. But really, it's just another platform. Never happened. No, that that's been alive. Never that's happened. Like, since like Trillion tried to connect AOL and ICQ in like 1999. Oh, yeah. That never worked. Right. So can right. I just say something, guys? Uh, the the reality is we have homework. And the homework is to write down all the apps that you use and decide the type of people you find there and what kind of talents they have and how you can optimize these particular groups uh, to cater to your needs. But you literally have to write them all out and then categorize them. You know, I use these apps for videos, okay? And then you've got to sort your apps, essentially. And nobody wants to do that, right? But uh, the truth of the matter is, we have to. Like, where do you go to vent to people? You know, who, who, who are your friends? Who are your peers? Who are your cheerleaders? Who are your coaches? And who are your mentors? Find those five groups. Done. Okay. But, right. Uh, and, then, and then publish it only on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> the big see, readership on Discord. Discord. And put it on YouTube. See, like, we have that ability and we're doing it. So we're crossing platforms using one platform. Uh, uh-huh. So we speak okay. many other languages by using this one. Okay. <laughs> That's a good idea. Well, so just back to my my company. The company is I don't I'm sorry, I'm changing subjects already. Back oh, to my okay. company. Go on. The so the company is designed basically to solve all these problems that people talk about in a non political way because all the you know, everybody is looking to change the laws and that's fine and I, I love that involvement in the political system but my thought was forget trying to you know uh convince all these people who are in the political system that we need to change the law let's just go around them by creating a business that will lead the way and do things in the right way so that we can set the example and so that's what i'm kind of trying to accomplish so that people can not be as frustrated out there. So uh, you're creating a framework that we can step into. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Because if you feel that they will come, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, the whole idea too, for sure. So the whole field of dreams. Yeah. I was going to say, have you ever seen field of dreams? It's been so long. I mean, okay. That's good. Because like I saw it when I was in single digit ages. So you're a bit younger than me, so that's <laughs> well. Yeah. I I had a friend telling me that about my book just today. That I just I he wants me to finish it because if you build it, they will come. And I was like, yeah, I know, but I'm I'm <laughs> working I'm working on the um, product launch test uh, business theory, not the field of dreams business theory. Well, I think the field of dreams theory doesn't apply so much to business as it does to causes. And, uh, yeah, just sort of causes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I heard there is that uh, that was kind of a supply side sort of, you know, field of dreams type of thing, supply side. If you build it, then you'll all all of a sudden have demand. But we're actually, in Yang Gang, we're more about the demand side, isn't it? Right. Yeah. You you guys, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I was just thinking we were all talking about like talents and like organizing our talents and talking about that. 
And, you know, like when I did that um, discussion with you about the school system, Shale, I found that my talent is like, it, it's more like up here than it is kind of like technical because I'm very good at like analyzing things, figuring out what the problem is and kind of like speaking in a way that gets people energized to solve it. But I need to know like who needs that talent. In, in that form of like analytical skill and communication and stuff like that. Like that's where I really shine, but I've always had trouble like monetizing it and stuff like that. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what the solution right now is, but let me think about it. Well, <laughs> um, so you have to develop a market for f philosophers. <laughs> like uh, Ariel, because he is really a good philosopher. And um, philosophers have changed the world, right, by thinking and by communicating. Um, you know, and I think that's uh, very necessary, but it has always been difficult to monetize that. Well, you have to take that philosophy skill into something that, yeah, you can monetize, so a product or a service so that's the whole thing we only buy products or services so what right. you're giving me is a little well, bit but like con consultation services i think i can do i made this whole course on udemy on communication skills and i've got some buyers it was about like the udemy takes the lion's share but i got like yeah like like 350 dollars worth of like, yeah, so, so, so that's, that's the thing. And, and I think that, that we, we should like have mentors to like show us these, these talents and where to like, you know, you know, um, um, put like everybody has their own special kind of talent that they have, but the, the only thing that people are missing is guidance. And, and, and sometimes that, that I, I, I don't understand why there's no place that people can go to kind of get that guidance. They, they, they have well, to like, well, they, they have to cool. randomly find this people. The thing. People, pe the, the cultural narrative is you go to school, you talk to like, I don't know, your guidance counselor or something and your friends, you take the right classes and you, you figure it out. But I mean, obviously that's bullshit. So well, yeah, yeah, before we actually get a solution, we need to make people realize the solution they think we have doesn't work and that there is a problem. So I think that's where we are culturally. Well, there there are mentors out there. It's just like the other Faye or the Faye was saying that, that you got to find the right group that will help you out. And so, I mean, business mentors they have a they've had a free group for for ages called Score, and it's retired business leaders through your SBA. Usually, your small business association will refer you over to them, but they'll their free service where retired business owners or business owners will mentor you to help you grow, you know, your, your business any way that you want it to grow. So that's something that comes to mind. I uh, thank you for mentioning that. Um, Cause part of the thing is we don't know these platforms exist. Some of us, we need somebody with a big mouth to be like, Hey, by the way, uh, I know about this thing. Did you know about it? You no? can keep it all in mind. I'm really impressed. You just off the top of your head, keep all these different organizations and people in mind you know it's a really right. it's really great to have such a such a great mental structure for knowing it's just just you're just such a human resource for connecting people right. like so the, because it seems like yeah you really are it, doing, like, doing the right kind of work 
when I had my job at the electronics store, there was a lady working there for like 10, 15 years. And she went like, what you're, you're so intelligent and you're so articulate. Like, what are you even doing here? And I'm like, believe me, if I could find a way to like make money that would use my intelligence and my articulation, I'd be right there. But it's like this, this, it's so stupid that like, we don't, we, we, we have so many people with like world changing talents that we that that are right under our nose that we just write off you know i I want to touch a little bit can i well let me just say that i think that's the ubi solution to put the money in our hands so that we can get that creativeness that's being bottled up out there into society but go on part of the problem is how we associate dollar amount to quality that's part of the problem. Imagine if you have someone who wants to give you free, amazing quality stuff because they don't want to make you ch- pay for it because they recognize the situation you're in. But you're like, ooh, that one's free and this one costs $300. That looks like it's got to be quality, right? And so you, you almost opt in to the $300 thing, get half the quality, uh, and you're, you know, not as optimized and a lot of the yang gang i'm sorry we like helping each other right and there's a lot of givers in the yang gang and we're like here here's the thing and then somebody might not know the value of it you can have a really expensive antique watch give it to like a pawn shop guy and he's like wow this is worth a lot but you know maybe your neighbor's like uh like 10 bucks right so People can't see if they're blinded by the price tag. It's like what we never learn is like what price tag should we put on something that we have to offer? You know, it's so nebulous. Ariel, I would suggest doing this. Um, I just posted a little link in our live stream chat thing of uh, best jobs for philosophy majors. I know you may not be a philosophy major, but this is the kind of uh, skill that you really have, right? You're a great thinker and you enjoy talking and you enjoy writing maybe. Do you write? Yes, I, I do write. I actually have a, a blog that that a revolutionary thinking blog where I talk about uh, a lot of like societal ills and how we can uh, how we can cure them. So and 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 about like my struggles being an introvert and having these these talents, but but not knowing where to harness these special energies that I have, like what conduit, as they say, can I use so these talents and these energies can be put to good use? So um, I have a friend who was a biologist like me, okay, but you can't do anything with a biology degree straight out. You have to go on and get that next degree and get a like a PhD in something to become a zoologist or somebody actually respected in the field of biology. So, um, you know, like at somebody at the basic level, biologists can maybe do a lab tech job, you know, <laughs> and then maybe work their way up slowly in that lab, that laboratory environment or something. But um, so for people who are interested in doing something with a degree that doesn't seem to match up with, you know, our our, you know, society's you know ideas my i had a friend who was a biologist who then ended up going to um do additional um sort of uh school but she convinced people at uh, gamestop to hire her as a analyst 
right? So if you have that uh, analytical power, right, and you can make a good case that you are able to um, help somebody improve their business by analyzing what's happening to their business, you could write that up and present it to them and say, hey, you know, (laughs) I I see something you don't see. Yeah, when, when I was working in the gaming section at Best Buy, uh, all the customers like loved me there because I would put a smile on their face. I would make them laugh. Uh, they, they'd enjoy their time and they'd ask me for advice. And I got two really good reviews. So before, like I said, I, I told the manager, you know, if you keep me here, uh, I'll be like that friendly face that everybody remembers and everybody like enjoys, you know, going to and, and remembers like having a laugh with. But he didn't see the value in that because he didn't see it in the bottom line. I said, you know, it takes time to, like, build that relationship. But it's like if you lay me off right now, then and then people come back and they ask for me and I'm not there and they don't have their fun. Well, but that's aiming too low for you. Ariel, you need to aim higher. You're an intellectual. But I think this also, uh, it kind of, when I was looking for ways to raise money or whatever, uh, you know, if if people don't like you, you could be the best worker and and give the most quality work, right? But uh, if they don't like you, you're probably not going to get that promotion, okay? Because uh, you have to have someone in that room to vouch for you and be like, no, 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 this person, you, you, you know, you can have like, how do we feel about this person? Oh, well, they're late most of the time, you know, like if they're going to complain about you instead of talk about you or like pull you above the others, you need somebody in that room to vouch for you. You need someone, especially if you don't have credentials, if you haven't spent money into college, because, you know, we are a, a, like transfer this price tag of education to how much value we can give to you. But reality is if you're self-taught, you might have learned more, but you don't have this little credential piece of paper being like, all right, this is proof. No, you need somebody to be in a special room vouching for you and be like, all right, this person, this person's important. Yeah. But what also companies don't do is they don't develop people. Okay. So they don't really try to, like for Ariel, as an example, Best Buy didn't say, okay, well, this is what we need you to uh, develop so that you can be more um, valuable to our company. And so we will want to keep you a long time. It's probably more of a secret. Like he does, he didn't know what skills or what things that they needed from him to keep his job long term. And maybe there wasn't anything, you know, that maybe they wanted weren't telling him that they didn't want to have him long term they were only hiring him for a season to fill a gap and they didn't want him to know that because they needed him for as long as he was there to do a certain thing and then as soon as he was done with that that function he was gone and of course they're not going to communicate to them but you know companies do this all the time and so you know um that's why I feel like my company, the part of having that clearly communicated, you know, where you can go in an organization is so important for the health of a company, but the health of society. Because even if, you know, it's clearly communicated, like, you know, in a year, we're not going to need you at this function, you can prepare for that. 
okay, and then have options of somewhere else to go at, at that point. And if it's not with that organization, you have skills now that you can put towards other your own right. endeavors or other endeavors. So yeah, you you just don't leave a person to hang dry, even if you you do plan on not keeping them. You say like, oh, but we we got this idea, you know, you know. So 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 you kind of have a path. But if people don't have a path, they're not going to be happy. It's it's like okay, it's it's like because there's only so many times people want to start from scratch until it just it just drives a person insane. It's it's like how many times do people have to reinvent themselves over and over and over again until it's like, hey, you know what? This isn't right. This is disgusting. Yeah, well, there's always a solution of personal responsibilities. You know, reinvent yourself. It's your fault. So yeah, it's well. That's the thing. We used to have organizations that would keep you thirty years. That's gone, right? This is the gig yeah. economy. This is we're in an ends justify the means societies, especially now. And the mean the ends are profit. And so, whatever the whatever gets us to profit is conceptually okay in our society at this point. And that's the problem and that's what andrew's trying to solve as, as a governmental uh, that's what i'm trying to solve, as, trying organization. To solve yeah. as people yeah well now daniel and ariel's approach are a little bit different because ariel what you've done is um you know presented yourself as an employee to somebody whereas daniel is doing his own thing he's being entrepreneurial and saying i'm going to be the boss right now and i'm going to create the company and so that's actually something that i believe that you can do ariel that if you're talking about doing a consultant type of business, you are the owner of the business. You make all the decisions and you negotiate your own contracts with people. And then the government calls you an independent contractor and you become your own boss. And so but, that's uh, something you can be doing right now. But at the same time, maybe Ariel is not truly entrepreneurial and he's looking for a good organization to be part of. And he's just ha being you know frustrated because you can't it's very hard to find those organizations out there i mean at this point in time it really is those organizations are hard to find yes they yeah. just don't exist but uh like uh you could present yourself to uh as an employee and always be in that situation or like me i am a tutor so i i also have my own private business like i have to basically find my own clients and then I negotiate my own prices and I negotiate my times and all of the things that I want to do, all of my own conditions. And um, I'm not necessarily all that protective of myself or even of Zephyr sometimes, but I do whatever um, works out, you know. And so if you are going to become, go that route of being a, uh, uh, like a speaker, you would have to find your own gigs. So now you're in the gig economy. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that, I, I understand. It's, it's just, it's just that, like, if you present me with what to do, it, it helps more than just saying, like, okay, like, like, put something together right now and, uh, you know, like, figure it out on your own. It's, it's, it's so, it, it gets really confusing. It's like, okay, so where's the start point? Where's the end point? The tools that I'm going to need to use. And then people are all like, well, that's your problem. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's. I got to acclimate well, to that. I don't know. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. And like a lot of society doesn't have, 
have that kind of direction which we need and that's i mean that's what i'm thinking about for my organization but it's the same thing when people get out of the military and they're so lost because there's nothing out there they can give clear direction anymore and so no, yeah you know there's no there's we don't have these kind of organizations that are built right now that that give those clear directions and give you a long-term path forward well, Ariel has been hurt by presenting himself to school and saying, okay, here I am, train me, I'll do everything you ask me to do. And then you come out and they don't find you that job that, that, that matches what they've been teaching you. And so that's been happening a lot. You know, you learn a trade and then you find out, you know, hey, uh, robots and algorithms can fight traffic tickets, so what do I need this lawyer for? And you've been training up all that time to do that job. So uh, we're, we're, people are frustrated at these training situations, but I think if you just keep presenting yourself um, to opportunities and say, hey, just show up like I do, show up and say, um, I can do that, even if you're not 100% sure, but you know that you are have you know the background for you to learn it quickly and you're able to adapt to that situation, say, I might be able to do that, can I have a hand at it, you know, and I think that's going to get you somewhere faster than waiting for school or somebody to create that organization for you. Yeah, we were given templates templates to follow. Uh, It's not the only template, uh, but it was presented that way. Correct. Um, We we could create our own templates uh, and we kind of already have. Right. We have skill bases. We just have uh, an identity attached to all these skills. Right. I am computer programmer. Okay. Okay. Yes, but there's skills attached to that that could be trans, like you know, uh, cross training. You know, uh, y- you you can work in other fields even though you have this base knowledge. Um, and if we cross train ourselves in all of the ways possible uh, that apply to our dream, our vision for our life, you know, um, it, we, <laughs> we could really customize our templates uh, to work for us and not against us. Um, but again, it's uh, realizing um it's not the only one <laughs> hey uh, i just want to jump in real quick and check with you daniel we're going on two hours right now um how are you doing on time yeah I, i'm fine i would let you know if i had to go cool right on all right guys <laughs> with that being said i do got to jump off daniel um it's uh, been great meeting you again man and um i'm really looking forward to either speaking with you again in the future or uh seeing you on the campaign trail next go around yeah, why don't okay. we call it, call it here too it's been a good good long yeah. episode we all, yeah. Yeah. yeah use a rest um yeah, I don't. I don't mind going. I was just saying that I'm, I'm yeah. not under time It was great meeting you. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, and for being, you know, a, a new contact for us all to uh, to utilize. Let's let's get it done together. It's really good to know you. The more people we know, the, the more people we have it. We have to get UBI passed. Um, so yeah, thank you again. Thank you everyone for for listening for uh, for speaking. Would you guys like to say goodbye and? Just give everyone your, your information before you go. Would you, uh, would you start with you, Dan? You want to just say goodbye and give your your Twitter and any other links you, you want to give one more time? Sure. So you can just go to my website, AmericanJobsFactory.com. All my links to Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, everything's there. You can con- reach out to me any way that you would like. Uh, of course, like uh, right now, you know, people are being down my door, so I respond to everybody. And then, um, you know, just excited about moving community forward like all, everybody else on the gang gang. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, Ariel. Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter 
Ariel's Armada, that's A-R-I-E-L-S underscore A-R-M-A-D-A. And uh, Revolutionary Thinking, my YouTube page, is going to put up the uh, video that I did with Faye about her lifestyle. Thank you, Ariel. Um, Faye Koo. Uh, when I think Ariel meant the other Faye when he was talking about uh, her yes, Faye. But, but, but you're next <laughs> to tell us about you. That was what you were saying. Um, so yeah, when, when people ask me, what do you do, right? I don't tell them private tutor usually. What I tell them is I am a mom. That's who I am. And so, uh, that's not what people are asking because they want to know what you're getting paid for. Right. So I am a mom and that's the most important thing. That's my priority. And I'm at Palestine math. Thank you. Um, Faye D. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is uh, Faye Doni. Uh, my username on Twitter is at Tisdoni, T-I-S-D-O-N-E-Y. And yeah, I, I talk about my nomadic life, uh, that I, uh, all my travels uh, before the gang gang and kind of leading up to it uh, on Ariel's uh, channel. So go check it out. Thank you, Faye D. And Jeremy. Hey, uh, thanks again to Daniel for joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Jeremy Salmons one and that is J-E-R-E-M-Y-S-A-M-M-O-N-S, and the number one. Thank you, Jeremy. And as always, I am at S-H-A-E-L-R-I-L-E-Y on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in. Stay strong out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of everybody. We're, we're going to get this done, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye.